Welcome to Marketing Matters with Art of Strategy. Hey, this is Marketing Matters with Art of Strategy. I'm Tina Winslow. I don't know why I'm looking around like there's a queue or anything, but I have the honor of having David Silva, our COO, and Amanda Beasley, our Director of Marketing. I like such pressure. I'm like, oh, get the titles right. Get the names right. And today we are talking about the referral myth. And what that means is we come across quite a bit as a marketing company with clients that say that they get all their leads through referrals. And we are calling it a myth because it is a myth. Um, nobody in their right mind would say, I have enough work. I have enough, you know, my, my docket is full. Uh, I don't need any more money. But we hear it all the time. So we thought we'd talk about it. Um, David, what do you think about the referral myth? Oh, well, first, you know, good to be here. Yes. uh, Good to be back. (laughs) Good to be back, yeah. Uh, David had one visit, and then that was it. We never saw him again. What happened to that guy? Uh, You know, (laughs) thanks for introducing me as the C-O-W-O. C-W-O-W-O. Yeah, Um, (laughs) C-W-O-W-O. And it's like you said, you know, jumping into the referral myth, what do we hear? Number one, we come across customers, what do they say? We get all our stuff by referral. Nobody believes you, by the way. It's like saying, the bank called, my account's full. Yeah, or Stop. the check is in the mail. The check is in the mail. <laughs> yeah, the, like, no. The, the catch is, is like, anything anybody says about you can technically be a referral, right? True. Good and bad. True. You're like, oh, yeah, this guy's 100% top-notch, always dependable. This lady, I don't know, I wouldn't trust her, you know? How do you account for that? The catch is, when it comes to businesses... At least when I use referrals, somebody's like, "Oh yeah, this this business is solid." You gotta you gotta check, you know. Right. We go online, we check. It's just part of a reflex. But here's where the the disaster happens. Okay. Right. The disaster is you get a good referral from somebody, you check their website, and they look like they don't know anything. The links are bad. The information's out of date. They're talking about events that have happened five years ago. So now that what the impression that you actually get is either your buddy who referred you is an idiot, <laughs> number one, right? Number two, this business doesn't know what they're doing. So now instead of having a mixed opinion, you have a firm opinion in the that's negative. in the negative for right. now two people. The business you're trying to excuse me, trying to find, trying to solicit, and your buddy. Right. So, you know. Well, and I find that when I'm talking to them and they're like, oh, we get everything through our referrals, like it doesn't take into account that that is just one step, like you were talking about. Like the first step is, okay, there's a referral, which you can't control. You have no idea, you know, what they said, when they said it, how they said it. Um, A lot of times it's online. So you can see what they said, and it may not be what you wanted. And then right after that, they're going to go look at your website and all your social media. And if that's not in line, then you've lost that referral and future referrals when they go to it. So 
Um, I think that, um, Amanda, you were talking about earlier that it's a, a top of mind situation. It is a top of mind situation because when you are referring someone, you need to be thinking about them, right? If someone's asking you, hey, do you know a good CPA or whatever, and you haven't talked to your CPA in months, you may or may not even think about them. Like, oh, yeah, I have somebody, you know. So staying top of mind, being out there on social media, having an online presence helps to keep you top of mind for the people who you're already doing business with and give continue to give them that favorable opinion of you. Right. It's a fragmented market, I think, is what, you know, to get people's attention is hard. And you could say, oh, I'm going to give you a recommendation, and then they not do it. And then you're like, what is that? That does nothing for you except for goodwill in your mind, and that's not going to help when you're actually trying to get new business. The biggest one for me as a business owner that I find hard to deal with the referral myth is that you can't build a sales organization on maybe. And referrals are definitely maybe. Um, especially when we're doing like CEO, right? Uh, SEO, excuse me. Uh, SEO overhauls are like a major part of our operation. You know, somebody comes in with a website that they think is great. We look at the metrics, not really great. Uh, and when you blend the effects of SEO with referrals, you know, you never know when referrals don't work, right? Right. If we're doing something with SEO, we're doing running a marketing campaign. We can look at the analytics. If we need to change something, we can change it. If your whole marketing focus is based on referrals, how many messages get misdelivered, misidentified? Talk about things that you don't even offer, you know? Right. Uh, and that's one thing that you don't miss out on when you're running an SEO campaign. Well, and with the sales function, you cannot base sales organ like how would you say I I I hope that we get four new leads this month and that that leads to payroll it it's just a nightmare you need to be able to say this is what it takes to get a new client in the door here's what it takes to close that client and then here is the next step and with just a referral y- you have no way to to plan and you just can't base your business on on hope. Um, so the other thing that we were talking about is we have a couple clients that have, like, what are your thoughts on negative referrals? Because we have some clients that have, like, 150 five-star reviews, and then they have, like, two negative reviews. So in your world, what would that, I mean... To me, that says that it's a well-balanced organization because you're not going to make everybody happy all the time. Right. But what do y'all think about that? Well, I think if you only have positive reviews, I'm not necessarily going to trust that. I'm going to think you paid for those or something along those lines. If there are some negative ones out there, you know, you read them, you, you know, account for what they've said and, you know, account for people being human and then you can move forward and say, okay, at least, you know, I kind of know the good, the bad, and the ugly about this 
company, right? Right. So then you can make a better decision that way. If it's all positive reviews, well, you don't know what you might get. And I think reviews can be a good way for you to get content in terms of like what's going right and what's going wrong with your business. Mm -hmm. So if you're a restaurant and everybody says that your forks are dirty, which you might have a fork problem, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But if, you know, you have all those great reviews and everything's wonderful, how would anybody know what you're working on or, you know, like if it's real or not, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned restaurant reviews because, like, I'll leave some, right? Recently I ate a seafood restaurant that had, like, five-star reviews. Their actual Google average was, like, four and a half stars, right? Did you bring them down, David? I did not have a four and a half star experience, right? <clears throat> but if we, you know, stick with the rules of constructive criticism, I told the truth about what we experienced, and then I told the truth about what I thought about the reviews. I was like, I came here because other people put five stars. Wasn't what I experienced, but maybe your experience will be different. <laughs> you know, You're I didn't like, say, don't come. <laughs> this is awful. This is awful. You know, they should be in the tire business instead of the restaurant <laughs> business. But how would you base, like, I go back to it. Like, how would you, like, if I came to you, you're my director of sales, which you're not. But if I did and I said, how many people did you, you know, have in the pipeline? You can't come back and say, well, Bill said he was going to give us a Yeah, a lot a of people are saying really nice things about us. Don't you feel great? <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with payroll. <laughs> I, I hope everybody enjoys high fives this yeah, year. Right. So no, I I feel like that that you know uh, we've heard it enough from enough clients that we not our clients, but when we're talking to people, they'll they'll say it a lot. Like I just get all my business from referrals, and it, it just isn't a, a feasible. W methodology to us so we're we're looking at that as you know something that we need to bust mm -hmm. right and um, then one uh, one one kind of role that we fill I'm not sure if you guys think the same thing but when it when it comes to selling and closing a client on like a new way of doing things right I like to imagine us as like a rescue swimmer you know someone's in distress they may not know that they're in distress. You know, we dive into the furious ocean, and as soon as we make contact, they get ready to drown us because it's a natural instinct. What do they give us? Objections. We've done it this way for 30 years. My grandfather was a XYZ business, and he got his business through referrals. Right. So we almost have to literally put them in the most polite chokehold we can so that we can save their lives. Right. And say, hey, we want you to succeed. This is how people consume information now. Um, well, and, I, you know, like, I don't want to be negative Nelly on referrals. Everybody can get referrals and loves them. Like, if I, I got one from a client that we put on our website, and it was really long, and but it's really good. And so we enjoy them. It's not like we're saying referrals are bad, but I think that they need to be the feathers in the nest. They don't need to be the twigs in the nest. If I right. can work that analogy in somehow, that's what I'm going to do. But, you know, having the ability to plan 
is everything. And when you, you don't have that ability, then you're just like, I, again, I'm going back to hope is not a business plan. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty focused on that hope is not a business plan. But um, some tips that we have around, uh, I guess, social media and referrals. If you know, like, if you're going to give a referral, are you going to get a referral? What do you think is the best way to ask for referrals? Well, I see it a lot on Facebook, right? Facebook even has now, when you're making a post, asking for a recommendation, right? So if someone asks for a recommendation on Facebook, you're likely going to, if you have a recommendation for them, you're going to give them a link to a website or another social site for the company that you're recommending. So if they don't have a great online presence, then, yeah, what, you know, How what do does you do that, that say? Yeah. Well, and I think also doing a campaign around referrals mm -hmm. would be smarter than just ad hoc asking for them as they come up. Like actually talking to your clients and saying, we would love a five-star review if you could do that. You know, mm -hmm. if you can't do that, then talk to me. You know, let's find out what's really going on and let's get you to a five-star. You know, if Brookie was here, she'd be like, I wanted you to be a client advocate. Right, right, right. right. That's her. Well, it's funny. You talk about leveraging five-star reviews, right? I bought a used car once, like from a dealership, right? So you're like, oh, man, into the maelstrom of, yeah, of uh, really... F&I, right? <laughs> I think that's the right phrase that they use. It's more like an F and U. But so what happens is it's like, hey, you know, it's a used car. We want you to be happy about it. If you give us a five-star review on Google, we'll give you a one-year warranty, bumper to bumper, front to back. And like, this was a 10-year-old car, right? Lots of miles. Well, all the miles, you know. <laughs> all the all miles. The miles. So, <laughs> Every mile had been registered. And, you know, the way I spend money, the answer was no. No way, you know. I wasn't going to buy it. So they bargained down to the leave the review. And I was like, okay, I'll leave a review. And I walked out with a one-year Bumper to bumper warranty, right? So, you know, I don't think anybody's saying that they have no effect. I don't think anybody's saying that they have no value. We're certainly saying that you can leverage that power, right? On, you know, with your website, with your reputation, and get even more magical things to happen. Yeah, I think it's the sum is greater than the parts. So, like, if you're just waiting for that to happen, not a great plan. If you have it as part of a context um, campaign where you're doing multiple things and that is just like once a month you ask for reviews, then I think that that's great. You know, and we're using reviews and referrals sort of interchangeably um, because a review is basically a referral. Um, it just takes that you know, here's a card of somebody that I used to work with or whatever and transposes it into in the Internet. You know, like thousands of people can see this, what was maybe supposed to just be one or two people referral into, you know. I hope the message is clear <laughs> and I hope that it's <laughs> what you want because if not, everybody can see it. So that's pretty much the referral myth. Is there anything else that we want to weigh in on this? 
So should you, well, when does soliciting for a client review or a referral sound thirsty? When is it like, oh, hey, if you could say something cool about me, that'd be awesome. Or, oh, please leave a five-star review. You know, what is the, where's the line drawn? The line, I think, and Amanda, you were going to answer, so I don't want to jump on your toes, but go okay. ahead. Um, well, I was going to say, if you are kind of like the car dealership, they're like, if you will leave us a five-star review, we'll give you a one-year warranty. Well, that's an incentive to leave a five-star review, even oh, yeah. if you didn't have a five-star experience. No doubt. So then it becomes a little, you know, fishy, right? Dicey. Yeah, a little dicey. So I think, you know, reminding people that you appreciate reviews is a good thing, but I think, you know, maybe offering an incentive to do it and to give you a five-star review is is a little bit a bridge too far. Yeah, you have to you have to be really careful with Google in that I know that if you send out these reviews all at once, let's say you had a hundred clients and you sent out an email to a hundred people saying, give me a five-star review. Well, just based on the odds, only 10 people do it, right? Google may discount those because you had so many coming in at the same time that they may be like, these are not real. So having a campaign that kind of, slips it in over time period is a smart way to do it versus all at once. Give me, give me, give me, you know, like that, that, that Google does not love that. And that's usually who we're talking about. Yelp is a different beast. Uh, they've had some trouble in the past. Allegedly they were trading, um, activity for payment in terms of you would see more reviews or better reviews if you paid more. And that seems to be illegal with the Department of Justice. So I, I'm not a lawyer. I don't even play one on TV. But <laughs> um, that is what I've heard. So, Well, if, if we cut to the chase with leave us a five-star review, what are they really asking for, right? What they really want to say is – hey, you've bought this product that you enjoy, please buy something else, right? There, it's, it's kind of a, an, a bridge to a, an upsell or a bump, you know, that maybe it's intimidating to ask somebody to their face, you know, once they bought something, hey, you've spent a lot of money, spend a little bit more. <laughs> spend a little you know, bit. Let's spend some more. So instead you're hoping to get kind of a half value measure of, well, at least they'll say something nice, and maybe I can sell someone else. Obviously, easier to sell the people that are already buying from you than strangers, uh, but I can see where reaching for that review would, would cover that itch. Right. Yeah, I think the time to ask for a review like that is when you know someone's had a positive experience with you. Maybe they've even said, like, hey, it's been awesome. Like, look what you have done for me. Okay, great. Could you write a referral? based on that or a recommendation based on that. Right. That's, that's the best time to ask for it. It's not always going to happen that way, but I still think that's the best time to ask for it. The other way that you can take advantage of referrals is case studies. Mm. So if you want to buoy up your website presence, putting a couple case studies on there with metrics and graphics and 
real results will help. Uh, I think in terms of doing what in essence referrals are supposed to do, which is build up their reputation, you know, around what you do. And so a referral would do that. A case study would do that. Uh, newsletters will do that. Podcast will do that. <laughs> what? I yeah. heard that. So, so what you said just reminded me of something. The durability of a referral, right? How long do they last? You know? Oh, yeah. It's like, well, you know, the question is, well, where's the last flyer that you got in the mail? Hopefully in the recycling, right? Maybe it's on your desk. Now, I might be a bit of an outlier, but I've had referrals where I've asked somebody who's referred somebody to me, and I'm like, hey, does that person still do X, Y, Z? And they're like, that dude's been dead for 10 years, man. You know, take action. Uh, take action. So <laughs> <laughs> that's your next step. Yeah. Take action. So, you know, it's that's the other thing, right? You know, referrals, SEO, they work together. You know, they help your existing clients, prospects take action to solve their problem. Well, and know? the best referrals are going to be ones that you have input in, in terms of um, having somebody wing it um, is, is hard. If you could write a little bit and say, here's some great review, just pick, pick what you want, take the rest, you know, throw it away, whatever. But that would go a long way. Well, I think that's what goes back to the case study, right? That's the way you have the input on that. And it shows that you know what you're doing, that you're not, that it's not just someone's opinion of, hey, you know, these people are great. You have a case study that has the metrics. It shows that you know what you're doing and, you know, you're putting it out there, but the client also is part of that process. Right. And I, I think in summation, what we're saying is referrals are not bad but they're not your only plan and you should have other plans. And along that line, you should look at maybe doing some campaigns around that, bolstering up your website around that, making it kind of part of your editorial schedule so that it's not just like, Hey, you know what? We should probably get some referrals. You know, that's the last step I think that you should take. Yeah. So. And just because you don't see any public referrals doesn't mean people aren't talking about you. So make sure to deliver a very positive customer experience. Right, right. We definitely want to make sure that that, that gets done. <laughs> positive <laughs> client you know, experience is, yeah. is on the list. So um, I think that's all we've got today. Yeah. Is there anything else that anybody wants to talk about? I say that and no one ever wants to talk about more, but okay. All right, we're signing off. This is Art of Strategy with Marketing Matters, and we hope that you have a great day.